What do you eat for breakfast most days? I usually have a green smoothie for breakfast. What's your favorite go-to snack? My go-to snack right now, I would say, is crackers with some hummus. What's your favorite takeout food? My favorite takeout food is definitely pizza. So excluding spices and oils, what are your top three pantry ingredients? Chia seeds, hemp seeds, and quinoa. Any kitchen gadgets you just can't live without? Definitely my Vitamix. Hey, Jade. Hey, Tedra. So today on the show, we're chatting with Jessica Hoffman. She's the creator of the gorgeous plant-based blog, Choosing Chia. So Jess is based in Montreal, and after a short stint working in the marketing world, she did a complete 180 after traveling to India to study yoga. She came away from her time there, newly inspired for healthy plant-based cooking and eating. So Choosing Chia features delicious vegetarian recipes with a big focus on wholesome plant-based ingredients. That being said, she is all about balance. So during our chat, we learn about her transformative time in India and the influence of yoga in her life. We talk about the secrets to making the perfect Thai green curry, which is my absolute favorite, and how many of her popular recipes are Asian-inspired dishes influenced by her travels. We're craving her 15-minute sesame ginger noodles. Just look it up online and you'll know why. And her banana cream pie chia pudding. So delicious. So before we start the show, we just have a quick favor to ask. If you're enjoying the podcast, would you mind sharing it with a friend? Just click the share button and spread the get to know love. Thanks, guys. You're listening to the We Get to Know podcast. And for years, we've all been following some of the most inspiring creatives, innovators, social media influencers, and bloggers. Simply put, we get inspired. The next best thing to following our favorite people is hearing their stories straight from them. So listen in as we get to know Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, tell us all where you're calling in from today. I'm calling in from Montreal, Canada. Yes, (laughs) this is where I grew up. So I'm excited. You're a first person from Montreal that we're speaking to. Oh, yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah. Um, So are you originally from Montreal? Yeah, I'm from Montreal. I was born and raised here. And now I work here and run my blog here. Oh, do you speak French? Oui, je parle français. (laughs) Translation, yes, I speak French. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so we love to start the show, like, just getting some of your background and telling us, um, like, if you have siblings and what it was like growing up, especially, like, in the kitchen and how, what your relationship was with food and just that kind of, like, childhood stuff. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I grew up in Montreal. I was born and raised here. I lived with my parents, and I have one older brother, and we had two cats growing up as well. I love animals. I've been cooking since, gosh, I'd say since I was even two years old. My father actually has a really big passion for cooking and baking. He doesn't do it professionally, but that's definitely his hobby. So I just remember growing up as a kid and helping out in the kitchen and being able to help you know, make cookies and cakes and be the one who could pour the little cup of sugar into the bowl or whatever it was. And I'd always get to lick the beater of icing (laughs) (laughs) from a cake. So I really grew up around food and I guess more baking as a little girl. And then as I got older, I just really got into it myself when I was old enough to actually be able to cook on my own. And yeah, this really developed into a passion for me. 
I feel like I'm on the flip side now where I've got two little ones. I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old, and it's the same thing. Like, I'm trying to get them involved in the kitchen, and I want to teach them to love food and have a big, broad palate and be involved. And it's the same thing. I can't get over how excited they are to just hold the measuring cup. <laughs> like, it's such a big deal. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big deal when you're that little. And, like, when you get to taste the things that you made, it's, like, that's just the best. <laughs> it is, yeah. And I find that it actually helps them, like, if I just present the food to them at the table, they won't taste it. Or maybe they'll give me like a little lick or something, but that's it. But if I've involved them in the process, they have a way higher chance of actually tasting it. So it's like bonus too. (laughs) I think I was the exact same. Okay, cool. So did you end up going like to university in Quebec then? And if so, what did you study? Like get us through schooling. Tell us what you were thinking your life would look like. Yeah, I I went to university here. I went to McGill University and I studied marketing. And I always felt a bit more creative as a kid. I loved cooking. I loved doing arts and crafts and drawing. And I would spend summers up north at my family's cottage making bracelets and making little clay animals and all sorts of arts and crafts things. So I always felt really connected to the arts, but never really knew if I could take that leap as a career choice. So I ended up in business and I chose marketing because it was the most creative of the choices in business over like accounting or finance or (laughs) something like that. No kidding. Yeah. And and that's what I studied in school and I enjoyed it. And I worked in marketing for a couple of years after. I originally thought I actually wanted to work in fashion, but after working for a year in fashion, I quickly learned that that really wasn't the route that I wanted to go. It really just wasn't for me. It was a little too much of an energy that I wasn't seeking. And I kind of fell in love with food. And it was actually after I took a trip to India, where I went to get my yoga instructor certification down there. Okay, hold up, hold up, (laughs) hold up. (laughs) Okay, so you go to McGill University, graduate, you get a job in marketing and and fashion. Is that what was going on for a couple years? Yeah, it was marketing and fashion. And so were you feeling like you're like starting to get this feeling of this isn't for me? What do I want to do? And then that's a huge leap. Like, okay, I'm going to go to India. (laughs) I'm going to study yoga. And you lived there, right? Yeah, I was there for a month living up in the north in Rishikesh in India. And I don't know, there was just something about I was working in marketing, I worked in fashion, I worked in marketing at a startup. And I just had that feeling at like five o'clock every day, I just wanted to go home and I just wanted to do something different. And I started to get into fitness a little more and taking some yoga classes. And I really enjoyed it. And it felt like this really good sacred me time that was just really personal away from my desk and away from work. And I just really fell in love with the practice. And it actually happened after I got laid off work and I was thinking about doing my yoga instructor certification. And then the next week I got a call from my work that I was at at that time telling me that they went bankrupt and wouldn't be able to pay my salary anymore. So they had to let me go. So I took that just as like a sign from the universe. And I was like, okay, this is it. I'm going to go to India next month. And and then I did. That is like the perfect little push. Like, okay, well, <laughs> I don't have to worry about quitting my job. <laughs> exactly. It just kind of threw me into it. I was thinking about it. And then it was just kind of like, I was like, okay, this is somehow meant to be. So are you vegan or plant-based right now? And how has your decisions about food and diet and all that evolved? Like, how how did that all happen? Mm -hmm. So I'd say I'm about 90% plant-based. On the blog, I share mostly vegetarian recipes. I do leave leeway for kind of just eating what I enjoy or if I'm going out for dinner or traveling. I don't like to really put too many labels on myself because I think it adds a lot of pressure. And I think for a lot of people who are looking to eat more plant-based or incorporate 
more vegan recipes into their life feel a little bit of a pressure that it has to be one way or another. So I really value the fact that it doesn't have to be one way or another. You can eat more in a certain way and that's still really beneficial to yourself and your health and your environment. And I used to just eat whatever, anything and everything. <laughs> like, and then I started to feel a little bit unhealthy back when I was in university, um, just kind of eating a lot of junk and coffee and, you know, studying all the time. And I eventually, after finding the yoga practice and the vegetarian cuisine and learning about Ayurveda and, and some more practices of that sort, I started really enjoying incorporating more plants in my diet, more vegetarian and vegan kind of recipes. And it just felt really good. I just started eating more in that way, and I wanted to share those kinds of recipes with other people. Mm -hmm. How was the time in India? Like, what was that like? Oh, it was interesting. <laughs> so India is like a complete other world. And, you know, I like to say that some people, it's like a 50% chance you'll love it or hate it because it is a very differently intense place to be. I was up in the mountains because I was in my yoga course. We started each day at 6 a.m. So we'd have two hours of yoga at 6 a.m., followed by an hour of breathing exercises, followed by an hour of meditation, and then we would have more kind of study class in the afternoon. Four hours. Oh, my word. So we'd wake up at 5 a.m. There'd be monks chanting in a nearby temple. That would be like my alarm to wake up in the morning, start with a little bit of tea and have our two-hour daily yoga practice. And then we got one day off a week to kind of explore, do some fun activities like going whitewater rafting on the Ganges. And we got to explore the ashram that the Beatles spent time at, which is really cool. And, and just enjoying being up in the mountains in the area. It was, it was really different and definitely feels like you're being transported into another world. Mm. It must have been bizarre to come home. I always find when I go to a really culturally different place, I find that coming home is the bigger culture shock, actually. Like, did you experience that? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> even coming home and just like, I know um, if you're even in like the cities in India and in Delhi or somewhere, there's a lot of hustle bustle of the city, but up in the mountains, it's a lot more quiet. It's laid back. There's no alcohol at all in all of Rishikesh, then you come home and it's kind of like so busy and go, go, go. And everyone's out at the bars drinking and, and it's just a different world. I traveled to Africa. We did like a, a humanitarian missions trip when I was younger. I was like a teenager. And I'll never, never, ever forget how I felt. I think it was like about a month that lasted when I got back. I felt like I had spent this month of like detoxing and it was like purity in some ways. You know what I mean? Like you couldn't eat junk food. It was just natural food and it was quiet. There was no music, no TV, no nothing. And then I remember just getting on the plane to come home and just the music that was on the airplane, like while you're like loading your bags was just, it felt so loud and obnoxious. I remember thinking like, oh, quiet it down. <laughs> it was just so, yeah, a huge culture shock coming back. So I can see that. I must have made you fall more in love with yoga. Yeah, absolutely. I really fell in love with the practice when I came back and just eating in, in that kind of way to really nourish and nurture your body. Mm. Hey guys, we're going to pause for a minute to tell you about one of our partners. Anyone interested in 30% off the best vitamins? We know health and nutrition is important to everyone. One thing that goes hand in hand with our health is supplemental care. We've partnered with Dr. C Vitamins to offer you a 30% discount off their premium pharmaceutical grade and medically endorsed line of supplements. 
All vitamins are not created equal. In fact, there is no FDA oversight for supplements. Unlike over-the-counter vitamins, Dr. C supplements are manufactured without commonly found synthetic ingredients. I mean, you guys, who wants synthetics going into our bodies? They're also non-GMO and gluten-free. Their standards are so high, these vitamins are actually manufactured just like a prescription drug would be in an FDA-registered facility. Most vitamins do not subject themselves to this level of oversight. People are always asking if we take these personally, and we do. I take the D3K2 combo to support bone health, memory, mood, and immune support, and their collagen biotin that supports strong hair, nails, and skin. And then when I'm having those nights where I'm having a hard time falling asleep and unwinding, I take the melatonin B6 combo, and it really helps me gently fall asleep naturally. So give them a try, you guys. Go to drccares.com, use our code WEGETTONOW, and save 30% on your next order. Now enjoy the rest of the interview. As you changed your diet over the years, did you really feel the physical manifestations, like improvements with that kind of a diet? Absolutely. I feel now that I'm in a place where I genuinely feel healthy on the inside out. And it's kind of funny. I think it's one of those things where you don't know until you experience it. And then you go back eating your old ways. Or if I have days where, you know, because I still eat, of course, pizza and ice cream and like all that good stuff. But if I have days where I eat mostly that, I can feel it in my body. And I can feel the difference of how my mind feels between that and how I feel when I'm having green smoothies and salads and all that healthy stuff. Mm, Okay. So talk us through then how you came to start a food blog. Yeah. So I started the blog, actually briefly started it before I left for my yoga course. So I kind of threw it up online and left it there and did nothing with it. And then I really, I like to say started it when I came back because then I sat down and was like, okay, I'm going to share this. And I, I just kind of started as something personal with absolutely no expectations of it becoming my job or turning into a business. It was just kind of like something that I wanted to do and wanted to have a space where I could kind of post and share my recipes. Was the growth like slow and steady or did something happen that bumped you up overnight or how did that all look? I'd say it was more slow and steady. I kind of worked on it. Of course, there was a period of time where it felt like it happened a little bit faster. And I think that was more through Instagram growth where I started getting more followers on the platform and some brands reaching out to me to work with me. And then I was working on the blog on the side and it kind of grew with that. So in that sense, on social media, it felt like a little bit more of a fast growth. But on the blog itself, it felt like it's been a slow and steady race to where I am right now. Yeah. And so has it surprised you? Like, did the social media growth surprise you? Did you see that coming? Or you were kind of working towards it? I mean, I know everybody's always talking about the Instagram algorithms. And (laughs) how's that been? When I started, there was no, I mean, there was, of course, algorithms. But this was back before, like, when everything was in chronological order, and everyone was getting tons of likes and engagement and growth was really fast. So I wasn't really concerned about it when I started and I didn't even start thinking like, oh, I need to grow this or this is going to be a thing. It was just kind of more of a personal thing where I was like, I'm just going to post and share things on here. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just (laughs) posting my recipes. I still have the old photos if you want to scroll back. Yeah, I love looking at those. (laughs) It's fun to see like the transformation and growth. It's amazing. Totally. And your photography is amazing, by the way. Like, So did you even know how to start a blog? Like, How did you know to do that before you left for India? And how much have you had to learn? Has it been a big growth process? Or did you know a lot already from your degree? Oh, no, it's been a big growth process. I'd say like nothing I learned in school was used in the making of a blog. It's really been 
a lot of growth, a lot of rewarding. When I started as well, I knew absolutely nothing about photography. Again, you can scroll back and see for yourself. And I started shooting on my iPhone and I just threw the blog up and was just taking a picture with my phone of the recipe and putting it together. And when I look back now at how little I knew when I started, I'm just like, wow, I really knew absolutely nothing compared to what I know now. Well, I love, and I'm just going to tell the listeners, like, you've got a lot of tutorials that are really useful. You've got, like, some presets for photography editing. You've got some little tutorials on how you take your photos and what your setup looks like behind the scenes. And then also, like, some blogging info, too. Like, so I I love when bloggers are giving back and helping newbies figure out kind of how to do it. (laughs) Absolutely. And I, I love sharing and I love being able to teach and share with others what I've learned along the way and ways that can help them kind of get ahead with having that information. What's the community been like for you? Just this whole like online social community? It's been great, I would say. I've made some really amazing friends actually through the blogging community and met some incredible people who have helped me and I've mutually helped them and who have the same interests as you. And I find it so interesting because in, in a sense, in real life, I'm saying in quotes, in real life, right, right. <laughs> um, out in the world, you might not necessarily meet people who you can connect with on that level who have the same interests as you or who are in the same kind of niche or business as you are. And being able to work in this food blogging community, I've been able to connect with so many like-minded people. So cool. I mean, we hear this a lot from the people we talk to. It just like, it instantly, like in a much quicker way, connects people, just like you said, who are kind of on the same path and interested in the same things. And then it allows each other to, you can like be each other's cheerleaders and help each other out and share. And it seems like it's a really neat community to be a part of. Exactly. Where are you getting all your inspiration from for your food? Oh, everywhere. (laughs) Online, cookbooks, magazines, restaurants, the seasons. I try and cook really seasonally. So whatever is available at the farmer's market, the holidays, of course, because everyone loves, you know, holiday inspired recipes. So I try and draw inspiration from everything that's around me. I'd say primarily what's seasonal and then what would go well with like that season or that holiday coming up. Your feed is so bright and colorful. I mean, it's so beautiful. And I like every picture, I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this? I want to make it. <laughs> so let's just talk food for a second. Do you have any like, I always ask, like, are there a couple of recipes that have gone viral over the years? Like, are there any things that people are super obsessed with that you make? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I have a 15-minute sesame ginger noodles, which is very popular on Pinterest, and a banana cream pie chia pudding. Oh, also, yum. Which is so yummy. So how did you come up with your name? It was a funny question. I actually just sat down and I was trying to think of names that would be good for a healthy-based food blog. And I literally took a pen and I think it was just like a notepad I found in my kitchen, some random notepad. I just started jotting down notes and name ideas. And then I wrote, I like chia seeds at the time. So I was like, maybe something with chia, like chia. And I started just jotting down ideas and notes. And I was like choosing chia. And I was like, that has a nice ring to it. And then I liked it too, because there's your chi, which is your like energy in yoga. So I thought it was a cute play on words um, in that sense too, to, to kind of tie it back into the whole yoga thing there. Yeah, cool. And so talk to me about chia. I'm always hesitant. I mean, I've had chia many times, but I had it once when it was so goopy and slimy. (laughs) 
And so like, I'm always curious, like, what am I doing wrong? What did I do wrong? Because <laughs> it always looks so good in all the pictures. Okay, well, definitely if you want to get like a good texture, you want to use the right ratio of chia seeds to whatever type of liquid you're using. And this is obviously in the case of making a chia pudding and not using chia seeds in other types of recipes. So I like to use usually about four tablespoons of chia seeds to one cup of liquid. I usually use almond milk or something or coconut milk. And I love to use a homemade almond milk or cashew milk is really going to help it give it really good flavor as opposed to using something that's uh, store-bought or coconut milk works really well for that really rich creamy taste. So I love to do that. And then you definitely want to add some kind of flavor enhancers. So some vanilla extract or some lemon zest or some cocoa powder or something that's going to give it a bit of taste. And then of course, something to sweeten it. Otherwise it's going to taste really bland. So some maple syrup or honey or agave or something like that to just sweeten it up. Yum. So do you make your own nut milks then? Yes, I do. I love to. I still buy them sometimes when I'm when I'm lazy or don't have time to make them. So I'm dying to get into it. Do you do it on your own or do you have one of the, the good machines? Yeah, so I generally just use a nut milk bag that you can just get off of Amazon or, or wherever. And then you can just make it right in your blender and just strain it through the bag. And it's, it's, it's pretty simple. And then the leftover pulp that you have from your almonds or your nuts, that's actually really good to use in cooking too. So you don't actually have to throw that away. You can use it to make granola or cookies or, or things like that. I always use it in my granola. Mm, okay, you're selling me on this. I'm really, really, I mean, I've been dairy-free for a while and I have nut milk all the time. Where was I at? I think it was a coffee roaster's place and they made their own nut milk. And I was like, what is that? I mean, it's so creamy. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you got to get on the bandwagon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> Let's do it. My co-host, Tedra, she's obsessed with green curry and she's been constantly looking for a green curry. She was in love with the one from Trader Joe's and I think they discontinued it. So she's always asking all our guests, do you make green curry? What's your recipe? <laughs> and you have a green curry that looks to die for. Yeah. Yes, I have one. <laughs> so that's like so great. I'm so happy she can make it. <laughs> yeah. Do you use like a green curry paste or how do you make it? Yeah, I use a green curry paste. So I use a store-bought green curry paste and I do check to make sure it's a vegetarian one that I use in my recipes online because some of them might have shrimp paste in them, some more traditional ones. And then if you're doing it vegetarian, I also use soy sauce in place of fish sauce. And one thing that to make a really good green curry is you want to use a good quality coconut milk. So some coconut milk brands will have a lot of kind of additives in them and preservatives. So if you can find a coconut milk brand that doesn't have those, it'll be a lot more richer and give it like that more authentic taste. Well, okay, I'm going to pipe in since you're talking about my favorite food. Okay, which coconut milk? I mean, do you mind saying which ones like you find are your favorite? Because, I mean, there's so many out there, and sometimes I get them. And you know what? I've had like I'll put it in the, my food processor, like if I'm trying to make a curry or something, and maybe that's the wrong move. Maybe I should do it on the stove or something. But it ends up getting like wax. Right. Yeah, that's with all the additives. I actually forget the name of the brand I use. It's in like a green can. It has some kind of like short. Thai name on it. What you want to do when you're looking for one in the grocery store is look for one that just the ingredients is just coconut milk. Oh, okay. Um, it doesn't have like 10 ingredients added into it. That's where you're going to be the best off with. And also to use a full fat coconut milk instead of a light coconut milk. And if you do want to lighten up, you're still better off getting a full fat coconut milk because all they do with light coconut milk is add more water to it. 
So you're actually better off just buying a full fat coconut milk and then you can dilute it with a little bit of water or almond milk if you just want to make your curry a little, I don't know, lighter or, or less fattening. Uh, so I would go that route too. And I like it with full fat coconut milk. It's more rich and it's more delicious. Um, do you have a preference on like a paste or do you just use anything or? Yeah, I, got, I go to actually an Asian grocery store and get this Thai curry paste. So actually, I've been to Thailand three times and I've done a cooking class there every time I've been there. So I love Thai food. It's my absolute favorite and I'm very picky with Thai food and cooking. So I actually like to go, my favorite thing to do is to go to an Asian grocery store and buy the ones there that are actually from Thailand because they import them as opposed to some of the ones that they have in the grocery stores here that are kind of more catered to a Western palate, as they would say in Thailand. We have a Thai restaurant here in Austin that has like a little market inside of it. And I had never been, and I just took my mom last week when she was in town and they had cans, they had like imported ingredients. And um, one of them was a green curry paste and a red curry paste. So I bought them both to try. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they're going to be delicious. Okay, I'm going to back out of the conversation until it's my turn again. But I'm not done talking to her. Back off. <laughs> okay, so actually, let's talk about travel for a minute. It seems like it's definitely a priority of yours, and you've been to quite a few places. How do you fit all that in? Right now, I haven't been traveling as much this year. I'm more kind of heads down with work on my business. But when I first started full-time, I think traveling was a little bit more of a priority for me, and I was still kind of in that space where I'm like, I work for myself, I can make my own schedule and do what I want. And uh, I definitely spent a lot more time traveling. And I did so as well while I was in university. Uh, I did a trip to Southeast Asia. And then I spent some time, I spent a month taking an Italian class in Florence. Now I forget all of the Italian that I learned. And then I traveled in Europe after and then I went back to Thailand after India, actually. And then the last time I was there was, oh, it must be two or three years ago. I think two years ago, I would say. I was back in Thailand. And I traveled more around Southeast Asia again. Asia is my absolute favorite place in the world. It really is like such a sensory experience over there. I mean, it's amazing. And Thai food, don't even get me started. The food's incredible. And you'll probably notice if you skim through my blog that a lot of the recipes are Asian inspired by some sort of noodle dish or Thai dish or Vietnamese dish. And it's funny, those types of recipes are actually end up being the most popular on my blog. So I guess other people love that cuisine too. Yeah. Oh, they do. That's good. Honestly, like I was preparing for the interview and I wrote down like what looked really good to me that I was going to ask you about. And let's see, Thai red curry soup, the cauliflower tinga tacos, Kung Pao tofu, Thai green. <laughs> It, bang bang cauliflower and then the sweet chili vegan lettuce wraps i mean i'm pretty sure they're all asian yeah yeah we got a lot of asian influence there so i mean they just look delicious like mm, pops of color all the vegetables the spices yeah it looks amazing oh you're making me hungry now i know i know i didn't have a big lunch i'm like uh, what am i gonna make for dinner i'm gonna cook something from jessica's website Okay, so tell us like one of your favorite memories centered around food or a meal. Ooh, one of my favorite memories. I feel like I have so many because I'm always eating. <laughs> tell me about it. Just whatever pops into your brain. Probably what's popping into my head right now, probably because we were just talking about it, is taking my first cooking class in Thailand and being able to cook with actual Thai people. It was in the north in Chiang Mai and being able to make food in a little Thai kitchen with them and then eat it after. And it was amazing. We shopped for groceries at this little Thai market and got to 
see all the ingredients that they have available there and, and make I think we made five different dishes. I was so full at the end of it, but it was so amazing and so rewarding again too because we actually got to cook the food and eat it as well and learn from the best. That is neat, man. I never think, like I think about it now and now I'm too busy to travel (laughs) with my kids, but like I wish I would have cooked in all the places I've been. I didn't think about it when I was younger, but it would be rewarding. I love food as well and it'd be neat to cook with the locals. Well, eventually you can do uh, family trips with the kids and cooking classes and all that. Yes, gonna do it. (laughs) Um, So do you have any kind of mentors in this career field? Mentors that personally mentor me or just... Or maybe just inspired you and... I don't have a personal mentor. Uh, I would definitely say there are people in the industry who inspire me. As far as food bloggers go, there's just, I mean, I follow and I love like any of the food bloggers, Pinch Up Yum and Love and Lemons and all of the big bloggers that they're so inspiring everything that they do in terms of business mentors. I love following Jenna Kutcher and Rachel Hollis and Amy Porterfield, who are all female entrepreneurs who are really paving the way for women in the industry to kind of really dive in and make something of themselves. I know they're amazing. I love, I love all them as well. I know and pinch of yum and love and lemons. We had her on the show. I just love her. I love her blog. Mm -hmm. So where do you see yourself? Like what are your goals for the next five years? One thing, of course, is to just keep growing the blog. So that's been a really heads down focus for me this year is to really just increase the quality of content on my blog, redo old recipes to make them even better and really grow that platform a lot. And I'm also trying to break into the online education space. We chatted a little bit about how I like to share kind of blog posts about blogging and photography and and kind of sharing my tips like that. And I would like to eventually break a bit more into that space and be able to create online courses or a program or something of the sort to really help other people learn about blogging and food blogging and everything that goes into it. Because when I started, I knew nothing. And I so wish that there was something like that when I started that could just kind of jumpstart everything for me and help me pave the way so I wouldn't have to figure out everything on my own. Yeah, I really think there's a demand for that. Like, it reminds me of Food Blogger Pro and how they've really built such a huge side business or even main business on on just helping others. And then if you could, like, even specialize, like, into the plant-based kind of world, that would definitely have a niche, I'm sure. I just wanted to ask you one last thing. You talk about intuitive eating a little bit. What's that mean to you? What's that look like? Yeah, so one thing that I like to say, which ties into yoga so much is that eating should be all about balance and intuitive eating. And and what that means to me is that you should feed your body and fuel yourself with things that make you feel good. And sometimes that might mean eating the pizza or having ice cream and, you know, giving your body what it needs and not feeling this kind of guilt about it. Because I know so many people feel like, you know, it's quote unquote cheating if you eat something that's like not healthy or you're breaking what you're supposed to eat or cheating on your diet. And I think that's just a negative way to look at food and you should be able to indulge and enjoy in the things that you want and and listen to your body if you need to have those things sometimes. Um, Of course, I'm not saying to eat pizza like every single day. (laughs) It's maybe not the best idea, but you know, to eat the things that make you feel good. And again, you know, if you have any food intolerances, if Listen to your body. If you notice your skin's breaking out or you're having digestive issues, if you're eating dairy, then maybe you should 
listen to those signals and try cutting out that dairy. If you feel more hungry one day, maybe you worked out more, maybe your body's kind of lacking calories, then maybe you should be eating more food on that day. So it's really about kind of listening and being in tune with your body and really giving yourself what you need in that moment. Mm, I love that. It actually reminds me of some yoga classes I've been to. Well, you're going to know more about this than I am. But but you know, the whole idea of like when you're really trying to meditate and rid your mind of all the worries and the thoughts. But I, I know it really helped me when they were explaining, like the instructor was explaining give yourself permission to have the thoughts be there, you know, recognize them. Don't punish yourself for the fact that, oh, I have these distractions, you know, let them be there, notice them and then move on. And, you know, I feel like it applies to so many things in life. Like we don't have to punish ourselves for the desire to have pizza. You know, maybe tonight's the time that you do need to have the pizza, like you said, and maybe it's not, but like pausing for a minute to really think about it and acknowledge it and not beat yourself up over it. And yeah, you bring a lot of balanced thinking and just this chill positive vibe like your whole website and your food and so I I like that a lot awesome thanks yeah (laughs) okay so it's been great getting your story I'm gonna have Tedra dive into some of our fun ask everyone questions we're gonna hear like different side of your life Okay, so let's just head right into it. So what's a great tip you could share with our listeners? This can be about food, travel, anything anything you want. Ooh, I'd say a great tip is to food prep on Sundays, and it's going to save you so much time during the week. Okay, so I'm just going to interrupt and say that I just did last week. My mom came into town, and I was like, you know, I want to just get like a lot of food prep going and just sort of set myself up for like, you know, some success with my <laughs> eating choices coming up. And I think I probably have 30 meals in my freezer right now. Like we just killed it like all week. And so, yeah, I'm excited about that. Well, so you're, you're way better than me. <laughs> well, it's not every day I would do that. And typically I wouldn't do that much, but she was here. She's like, let's just do this today. Let's do this today. She just was helping me get prepped just, you know, for like the next few weeks to have some good options. But yeah, I agree. Even on like regular like style of food prep like even if you just get like a few things done in the week that set your week up for success on those days that you're busy it's not it's great advice yeah it just makes things so much easier Mm -hmm. okay so if i call you at 9 a.m on any given day what are you most likely doing at 9 a.m i will probably be walking my dog so how do you like to decompress I definitely like to just be home to decompress. Maybe get a glass of kombucha or maybe sometimes a glass of wine because, you know, got to have that balance and just kind of veg out on the couch and watch Netflix or if it's a nice day, if it's summer in Montreal, then spend some time outside in nature for sure. Who were three people that you love to follow on Instagram? Oh, three people. So uh, Love and Lemons, I love to follow. I love The Every Girl and I love Camille Styles. Oh, I love Camille Styles too. Actually, I love all of these. <laughs> I'm in Austin, and so is she. Oh, awesome. They have a really cute, what do they call it? It's office. Yeah, and it's like a little house, like bungalow. And it's just, it's not even like five or six blocks from me. And so I drive by it all the time, always looking like, hey, is anyone in the window? <laughs> you know, like, oh, I see it on their blog. I'm like, that's my dream. Like, it's so gorgeous. And this beautiful white kitchen. Yeah, they're great. I'm hoping to interview her someday. So hopefully I will. Okay, so what's your favorite app, excluding social media? 
My favorite app, ooh, excluding social media, I would say is Asana, which is a task management app. And like anytime I have a thought or an idea and I like need somewhere to put it, that's where it goes. And that really helps me stay organized and stress-free. Okay, so say that name again. I haven't heard that. Did you say Asana? Asana, almost like the yoga posture, Asana. A-S-A-N-A. Okay, I'll check that out. So name a book that you just can't put down. Uh, Right now, I'm reading Rachel Hollis's Girl, Wash Your Face, and it's awesome. (laughs) Describe your perfect day. I think my perfect day would probably be up north by a lake, just enjoying being outside in nature and swimming with the sun and the grass. It's definitely summer my perfect day, not winter, uh, which we have a lot of here. Yeah, just being outside in nature up north with by some body of water, whether it's a, a lake or an ocean or something. What's your beverage of choice in the morning and also at night? In the morning, black coffee. I'm very boring with my coffee. And then at night, I would say an herbal tea. I usually just like peppermint tea. What's your current Netflix addiction? Riverdale. What city has you shedding a tear when you have to leave? I went to LA last year for the first time and I actually loved the city so much and there was just so much this health and wellness and amazing food and I was really sad to leave there and I'm dying to go back. I love LA too. It's such a fun city. There's just so much to do and it has such a vibe. It's just like all LA. It's just its own thing for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a favorite beauty product? Beauty product? I would say, well, just some sort of chapstick to always have on hand. I always have some sort of chapstick or like lip moisturizer on hand. And even though it's not technically a beauty product, coconut oil, I use it like for moisturizing and in my hair and like on my hands and for everything. Okay. I want to ask you this. So I've talked to a couple people that use coconut oil a lot. Like, do you worry about it like transferring to your clothes or your bedding or does it like sort of soak up? It soaks up really quickly. Like I wouldn't put it on and immediately go jump in bed (laughs) a second later. But if you give it, you know, even just two minutes, it'll really absorb into your skin well and it won't really transfer onto clothing or or anything like that. And is it the same coconut that you, I mean, the coconut oil that you would use like in cooking? Same. I mean, there's nothing different, right? Yep. (laughs) Just grab the container from my kitchen. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to try it someday. It just seems weird to put something I would cook with on my skin, but then I think, I mean, that's what oils are. It's what it all is. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Who would you love to have a cup of coffee with? Jamie Oliver. Mm, so good. Do you live by a motto? I would say my motto that I try and live by is you can have your excuses or you can have your success. You can't have both. Mm, I love that. Oh, my gosh. That's good stuff. Yeah, if I'm ever feeling like demotivated or like, I don't want to do this right now, I always like to think back to that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's your choice really in the end of the day. Okay, I'm writing that down. So you can have your excuses. Or you can have your success. You can't have both. Mm, I really love that. Okay, who's your celebrity crush? Probably Ryan Gosling. Is there one food that you absolutely won't eat? I don't like sardines. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I don't either. What meal would you choose as your last meal? Probably freshly baked bread. I love any kind of freshly baked 
baguette or a loaf of bread or bagels or like, I don't know, just, just all of them bring me all the kinds of freshly baked bread. <laughs> What's your biggest pet peeve? Loud, annoying noises while I'm trying to work or sleep or something. Any kind of like irritating sounds. What's the best gift you've ever received? I would probably say actually my Manduka yoga mat because I use it every single day. So that's definitely a gift that gets me like the most use. So what's the difference between, would you say Manduka? Yes. Like what's the difference in that sort of mat versus just a standard one? So they're kind of like one of the, I guess, top makers of yoga mats and their yoga mats have a lifetime warranty on them. And they're just like really fantastic yoga mats that, that just work so well. Um, I don't know how to really explain that they work so well. It's, it's a mat, right? But they're just really, they give you a lot of support on your hands and in your posture and the quality is just amazing. So, you know, you can have it for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and it'll, it'll feel like brand new. So it won't get worn down. That's nice. I mean, it is hard to describe because like, what's a mat is a mat is a mat. But no, I mean, quality is everything in a product. So I get that. You don't slip on them. It's huge. Oh, hey there, Jade. <laughs> I just Googled it real quick. Man, you could clap. Okay, cool. <laughs> Looks good. Yeah, so it's good if you get like a little sweaty too. Yeah, yeah. And they clean up well. They just last longer. Yeah, they're just the best. So what's the best gift you've ever given? I'd probably say food that I make. I've given, you know, physical gifts that I've bought before, but people seem to like food. So anytime I've given, you know, cookies or, or anything that I've baked as a gift, that seems to be people's favorite. What's the last thing you Googled? Uh, the last thing I Googled was recipes with CBD oil. Oh, tell me why. Yeah, I'm working on a blog post on a guide of cooking with CBD oil. So that's, that's what I was just working on before before this. I mean, it's just like happening, isn't it? CBD is just like, you can see, it's like this bubble brewing and it's just sort of like popping up everywhere. And I'm fascinated to see how it's going to really play out um, in people's health over the next few decades. Yeah, I think it's a trend, but I think it's more than a trend. There's already so many proven health benefits to it. I think it's just going to, the industry is just going to grow and grow. It's going to stick. Yeah. My dog has severe anxiety and I've been giving it to him regularly now for at least three or four months. And it just makes such a difference. Oh, that's amazing. And it's natural. You don't have to give them any kind of, you know, sedatives or stuff that the vet gives you. So it's so much better. Okay, so we have one last question for you. What's the greatest life advice you've ever received? Probably sounds generic, but to find something that you love doing and find a way to incorporate it into your life. So even if it's not, you know, something that you're going to pursue as a career, to just make sure that you spend time each week doing what it is that you love to feel really fulfilled in your life. I love that. Okay, Jessica, it's been so great having you on the show today. We thank you for your time and just letting us get to know you a little bit. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Okay, well, hopefully we'll chat again one day. Yes, absolutely. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay, Jade, so time for a little host-to-host chat. This is July 4th weekend coming up for everybody. Woohoo! So every year, your family and my family get together for 4th of July weekend. Now, not everyone can come, but it's just open invite. Whoever in those two families can come. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, for instance, I don't think I've ever been, right? Have I? Yep, you've never been. That's official. It's been, I want to say at least seven, eight, nine years. You've never made it. Yeah, never made it. I do think maybe someday you will, but just it hasn't been in the cards so far, but that's okay. But this year we're doing it at your parents' house as your dad continues to recover from his surgery. So we're scheduled to do it in San Antonio this year, but instead we're going to Plano. I should say your house, your parents' house. Right. <laughs> Are you going? Yeah, of course. Let's just be different. I've never missed a year. While you've never made one, I've never missed one. Oh, snap. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I think my, I want to say probably... Me, my dad, and your parents have never missed one. That's the solid core. And then my brother, Jacob's made it. Yeah, Trenton was there for quite a few of them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My sisters, Tara came, I think, the first one or two, and then Tiffany came hit and miss, but yeah. Well, typically in July, I'm moving. Like, I'm either... I'm in a move because that's when we move or... Well, every few years. Well, sometimes every one, sometimes every two, sometimes every three. What are you talking about? Yeah, I was in Plano for one year. That was a one-year move. Oh, okay. Someday you'll make it. Yep. Right? Yeah, definitely. I want to really bad. The pictures always look amazing. It's fun. I love it. It's a good tradition to have just gathering with one little family, one of our relative families, because we have a really big family. So we just carve out this time with them. It's like a smaller group. It's like barbecue and pool time and just good summer fun. Cards. Yep. We want to thank you for listening today. And if you like the show, we'd love for you to head over to iTunes and give us a positive review. You can find us at wegettoknow.com where you can sign up for our newsletter and on social media at wegettoknow. Head over to Instagram. We'd love to hear from you and get your opinions on guests and show ideas. Our music is provided by the talented Blake Atwell of Studio 1916. Until next time, take care as we continue to get to know all of our favorite people. 